Welcome back to another Division Breakdown episode. Here we have our last and final one here as the season is just getting ready to start. Right around the corner today, we are breaking down the NFC West. Um, very intriguing division um, as there's some, some teams that have Super Bowl recently, some teams that are on the precipice of one recently, uh, they've just kind of been all over the place. So interesting to see how this one plays out. But if you're new, if you haven't watched it yet, hopefully you have. If this is the first video you've come across, check out our other division breakdown episodes as we got here. Um, super pumped to break down these teams and kind of give you our analysis as we head into the season. So today we're breaking down, obviously, the NFC West, going through each team, um, breaking down the additions, the subtractions, their draft, everything, how we expect them to play out this season, obviously giving our final prediction standings at the end. We each got two teams here. So, Chase, let's go ahead and dive on in and hit us up with your first team in the NFC West. All right. My first team, I'm starting out with the 49ers, right? We've talked about this since the game happened on this playoff or on this uh, – since the playoff game happened on this podcast, we've talked – we both are in agreement, right? Brock Purdy stays healthy. It's a whole different Super Bowl, right? We are going to see a rematch of Pat Mahomes' first Super Bowl. Who knows if that – the uh, – Results stay the same. We could be talking about the 49ers in a completely different light, right? I believe the 49ers, right? Every, everyone thinks they're a QB away that doesn't have a QB, right? Washington's been a QB away forever, right? Because their defense was decent. Atlanta Falcons look a QB away with that offense. Or on offense, not defense, but on offense. They, you know, their QB is the missing piece. You could plug and play, right? The Broncos have been QB away forever. They thought Russ fixed that. The Niners are truly a QB away. And it's just, if they can have a QB stay healthy, it's not that they need someone to come in. They just need a guy to stay healthy because Kyle Shanahan, which I believe is the best play caller in the league, Andy Reed, Pat or Bill Belichick, right? They've had more success. I think Kyle Shanahan has turned nobody's into these superstar X factor household names better than anyone, right? Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant came up from nowhere, right? Iowa state. I watched him play each year, right? They played Iowa, my team. Brock Purdy was not this guy in college, right? He he lost to the Hawkeyes. He didn't do well in the Big 12. He goes on to, and he wins every game that he finishes in, in in the pro level. He's got Debo Samuel, right? Debo Samuel was, was graded well. Kyle Shanahan saw the ability that Debo had with the ball in his hand and said, hey, why don't we get you more involved? George Kittle, which I always knew was great, but, you know, was kind of a little scrawny coming out of Iowa. Put on a lot of weight at Iowa, but Kyle Shanahan seen the vision, bulked him up even more, made him one of the best blocking slash uh, receiving tight ends in the game. And this goes on, right? Brandon Ayuk is the one miss that he's had. This guy was a stud coming out, and he's kind of taken a while to develop him instead of just kind of eased him. But these running backs that they circle through, Elijah What's I don't Elijah Mitchell was there, Raheem Mostart. Now he's got CMC, which that was kind of a walk in the park for him. And then on that defensive side, right, he's picked these studs out of out of nowhere, right? He did miss on Solomon Thomas. That was before Shanahan got there. But Nick Bose is there, and Nick Bose is tearing up the league. Just one defensive player of the year. Fred Warner's there. He's emerged from uh, Utah State. Or no, I'm sorry, he went to BYU. He, Fred Warner went to BYU, came out. And now he's the best middle linebacker in the game. You just had that safety, the Troy Polamalu, I think his name, I pronounce it weird, Hufungala, Hufungalo, something like that. He's an all-pro safety, looked amazing. They did lose Jimmy Ward. 
he followed his coach down to Houston, which they also lost their defensive coordinator for the second year in a row. And I don't think it matters, right? This team is loaded. I think this team just needs to stay healthy, right? Like we talked about with the Chargers, they've had the worst injury luck because it's come at the most important position, right? Their quarterbacks cannot stay healthy. So they did grab a couple guys in free agency. Not that they needed any help, but they just grabbed some just in case. Cleveland Farrell, the fourth overall pick that was a swing and a miss by John Gruden, his first pick for the Raiders. They finally released him. They picked him up on a very little deal. Maybe they can get something out of relief for like Nick Bosa, or maybe if the, Nick Bosa doesn't end his holdout, which I think he will. Javon Hardgraves came in from the Eagles, one of the best run stoppers in the league. They seen how easy it was for the Eagles to just run right up the middle on them. They said, hey, not anymore, right? You're going to have to sit back there and pass. We're going to make you pass. We're going to make Fred Warner part of this game. We're going to let Nick Bosa and uh, D, not D Ford, uh, not D, uh, Eric Armstead wreak havoc on you. They brought Isaiah Hodges in there to kind of help solidify that defensive backfield where their only weakness of their game is. They also drafted Jahir Brown from Penn State as a safety to kind of replace uh, um, Tart that they lost. And then something crazy, they drafted a kicker, Jake Mooney, right? Robbie Gold left. He got him a playoff win against the Packers a couple of years ago. He, he's gone. He says bye-bye. They bring in Jake Mooney from Michigan. They brought it, they drafted him pretty high, kind of a crazy pick. I was at, you know, when we were at the draft, we're like, what is going on? But it, they didn't really have a bigger need. I wouldn't have done it, but it fills a need that they had. So I think the 49ers are a okay if they can keep Brock Purdy healthy. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'm with you. Uh, 49ers, I do think, are the best team in the NFC. Brock Purdy is clearly. Kyle Shanahan has come out and pretty much said so, right? The only quarterback battle is going to be who's going to back him up. Is it going to be Lance or is it going to be Donald? So, um, and that was such a freak thing that happened too with the arm to get Brock pretty hurt. So I'm not concerned about him, you know, having like really injury concerns because that's, you know, that was like a legit injury. You know, we see like there's some like uh, non-contact injuries. Like OBJ is like always like a non-contact injury, both of those things like that. It's like, man, this dude's just injury prone, but he looks like, He's not in your prone, like he's going to be fine. But the fact that the quarterback for the 49ers always gets hurt is just, is really, it's really kind of concerning. It's all, happened to Jimmy G. It happened to Trey Lance and then Jimmy G again. It, they just, they just have bad luck at, at that position. I mean, honestly, the Jimmy G injury, the first one was a huge blessing in disguise. Cause that's how they were able to get Nick Bosa. So like that kind of worked out. Um, but, um, yeah, they're they're the complete package, and I, I if you listen to anything on the show, I'm a pretty believer, 110, percent and I think the 49ers are going to be are just are going to be just fine this season. I'm not really I'm not concerned about them at at all at any at any phase of the game. I'm, I'm not concerned at all. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100. percent I'll go ahead and jump in here to my team here, a team I do have several concerns about, and that's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I want to preface this by saying is I'm kind of going to crap on the Arizona Cardinals, but I'm not going to crap on Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has been taking a lot of heat and a lot of flack and stuff. I, I don't think it's necessarily fair. Um, a lot of things that are happening aren't necessarily his fault, um, and I don't think they've done anything to help him either. And so, uh, yeah, and so I just wanted to preface that. So let's look at one thing that I did, one thing that I, that I 
let me let me talk about some changes, right? First, obviously, you know, the whole Cliff Kingsbury reuniting him with Kyle Murray thing just didn't work out. It was a super strange hiring in the first place, especially because Cliff Kingsbury has never really won as a head coach. Uh, I mean, he didn't win at Texas Tech. He was like some, I think, either offensive coordinator, quality control, whatever, at USC whenever he got hired. So that whole thing was was weird. Steve Kine was a horrible GM, and now he's out here trashing Kyler Murray as if you like weren't one of the if you weren't like a key reason why he wasn't succeeding because you weren't giving him anybody, like building up a team around. So, and they got new ownership. They got everything. So they clean house with everything. They got new ownership. They brought in a new GM who looks really competent. I love what they did with, with the draft. I'm going to talk about, they brought in um, Gannon from the Cardinals or from the Eagles. Sorry. I don't like that hire. Um, I don't, I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon, I just, I don't like the hire. He, I don't think he did anything on defense at all. He just had defensive studs at every single level which made him look really good. Cause you look at what happened. Like when he went up against good teams, I said this so many times when he went up against good teams, the overall talent just wasn't good enough to really beat them. And they got torched, right? They let up 30 points, 40 points or whatever. Um, when they went up against bad teams, they were able to dominate just on pure talent. I mean, they got studs, you'd name it. Defensive line, linebacker, corners, safety. They've got studs at every single level. And so, which was able to compensate for the lack of, of, of coaching there. So, I don't think it's a good hire, and that's one of the biggest reasons I'm low on the Cardinals is because of that hiring right there. Doesn't make sense to put a defensive coach with a stud like Kyler Murray. Which is, does that just does not make sense to me in the league where it's we're in a, such an offensive league, and I think that's just setting Kyler back even more. Um, uh, they lose JJ Watt. You know, they 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 really tried right. They brought in JJ Watt. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins, and just wasn't the other pieces like there that wasn't good enough. They made a horrible decision in trading a first round pick to the Ravens for Hollywood Brown on draft night. Why? It's just to reunite him with Kyler. Like that was so stupid. That's what I mean, right? They were just doing stupid decisions. We're not setting a team up to success. Um, I, that being said, I love what they did with this draft. Right, trading out with Houston, getting future picks taking Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, pick number nine. Um, that's fantastic. Or I think it was 12, pick number 12. Like that was, that was stud. And they got Houston's picks for that trade up where they went up. Um, so there's, they're set up really well with draft picks there in the future. So I, I really like, I really like how they managed the draft and who they got in the draft. We look at some other draft people that they got because they don't really do anything at all in free agency. I love the Paris Johnson pick. Um, uh, Edge, they got BJ Ojulari. Uh, oh, so they had they had pick number six there with Derek Johnson. They probably traded up to, to get um, Garrett Williams. It was a low baller there. I like Michael Wilson. I mean, they got some good players there um, in, in the draft. Nothing too crazy, but kind of slowly working on this kind of rebuild. I think the biggest question is going to be how they handle Kyler Murray coming back. They're not set up to win, compete at all right now. Are they going to rush Kyler back? Are they just going to let him take as much time off as they want, as he wants, and, and go out there with Colt McCoy and, and Tune to kind of go out there and kind of play it out and kind of see what happens? Because honestly, the lower that they are, the better because they have two draft picks, right? No one's expecting much of the Texans. So if they, if they fail and the Texans fail, they're going to set up really well for next year. So the, the biggest question, I think, besides that is going to be, what are they going to want to do with Kyler Murray heading in? After this season, they're paying him a lot of money. Do they want to continue kind of building around him or do they want to reset it and use one of those early picks to go after a guy like Garrett Williams? 
Drake May do something like that to kind of reset it and trade Kyler, get some picks out, and just kind of go on a full blown rebuild. It might seem kind of crazy, but I don't. I wouldn't put the Cardinals. I wouldn't put it past the Cardinals for them to do that. This was not the regime that drafted Kyler. This was not the regime that paid Kyler. And so I really think that um, that it's very it's a very possibility. The Isaiah Simmons pick hasn't worked out right. They've missed a lot on some of these draft picks. Um, there and so just a lot of these other things that um, I just I'm not high up there on the Cardinals. I don't think it's Kyler's fault. So I'm not expecting the the Cardinals to do little to anything this year. And so I think that they're going to be. I think the whole the whole you know season is going to be what are they going to do with that? Assuming they're going to have one of the top two picks of next year's draft, what are they going to do with that? And I think my early prediction is that they decide to move off of Kyler. And go for Gary, uh, go for um, Caleb. go for Caleb Williams. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. I, I, I hope Kyler lands somewhere on his feet. I am a very, very big Kyler supporter. When we broke these up the other day, we were talking about he was going to take the Cardinals. I told him, "Do my boy Kyler right, right." You've heard me t- talk about Kyler. I think the little bit that you've seen of when Kyler was comfortable being able to call the plays and had the people around him, they were the last undefeated team, right? They were, they were. I think it was ten and zero Thursday night football going into Green Bay in twenty twenty. Aaron Rodgers, you know brought the hammer down his MVP season and beat them. And that kind of started this downward spiral, but that was, and then Kyler got hurt week 12. It was, that was week 10. Kyler got hurt week 12. So uh, that's kind of started this, this downward spiral here. Kyler comes back. He get towards his, tears his ACL on Christmas day last year. Uh, the Cardinals are a very bad dysfunctional organization. They remember they drafted Josh Rosen, threw him in there, even though he didn't look right. They didn't even give him any, chances to proceed they moved off from next draft draft grad Kyler Murray instead of Nick Bosa where they could have trusted in Rosen brought Nick Bosa in that team looks very different I can I I think I agree with what you're saying that they are going to do this they are going to move off of Kyler whether it's for Caleb Wilson Drake May Quinn yours you know um, there's a lot of QBs out there that that I think are first round worthy right now but I I'd be it'd be a shame I think Kyler's like the one bright spot in Arizona right now, right? And you didn't, uh, I don't know. I just, I, the other thing is I like that they are, they drafted this year to prepare for the next couple of years, right? A lot of teams, people draft based on what their need is right now. They drafted saying, hey, our quarterback towards ACL, whoever our quarterback is this next franchise, right? We we need to protect him. We're going to get a left tackle. They drafted a couple people that are project players in later rounds, right? Not guys that maybe never play out, but they don't need them. You know, they need them to play out, but they don't need them this year, right? They know what they are this year. So that, that helps a lot because transitioning to my team, I don't think this team has yet accepted what they are yet. Of course, process of uh, elimination, right? And then going into saying that, I have the L.A. Rams. And I believe that the L.A. Rams are the worst team in football. Let me break it down for you, right? They came out, Les Snead came out with wearing the F them picks, right? They won the Super Bowl. Life looked great. They were going to run it back. And then they realized why picks are so valuable, right? Because as picks, you can bring in younger talent. Without picks, your talent gets older, and when they get older, they regress, right? Aaron Donald had the worst year of his career this year, right? He's still a stud, but he got hurt. He didn't play a lot. 
Matthew Stafford is broken. I'm sorry to say he was he was 100% ready to go, right? That's what Sean McVay told us. 100% never felt better. Looked awful and then ended up sitting out and then, you know going through surgery through his elbow, his shoulder, his neck. Who knows what it was, right? They told us three or four different things. I think it, I think it was finally his shoulder that they settled on. I don't think Stafford, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if Stafford plays this whole season just because he's not committed anymore. Cooper Cup got hurt. He came back. He looked okay, but he got hurt. They traded Jalen Ramsey. They lost. Let me just read out. These are just the key opponents of what they've lost, right? They lost Jalen Ramsey. They lost Leonard Floyd. Bobby Wagner left. Taylor Rapp. David Long. Allen Robinson and OBJ, right? All of them, even though OBJ didn't play for them last year, he was still on their payroll. All of them guys are gone, right? What does that leave you? A bunch of nobodies, right? They were running stars and scrubs, right? They, you've heard that terminology before where they, they, it's a big terminology in NBA is where you have, you know, you pay two or three players, then you just fill the rest with role players and you hope those two or three players are good enough to get you to the Super Bowl, right? Get you to the championship. That's what the Raiders did. They just said you know, we're going balls to the wall. You know, we're trading everything, bringing Von Miller, bringing OBJ, bringing Matt Stafford, grab Jalen Ramsey. We're, we're taking this thing to, to the playoffs. And then now they have to pay the repercussions. And the worst part about all of this is their coach doesn't want to be there, right? He's threatened to retire. He's got a TV spot lined up. Aaron Donald has tweeted out that he was retiring, deleted it, came back. He doesn't want to be there. He was getting in fights last preseason. He doesn't, you know, he's not even the, the uh, Word out of their camp is that Aaron Donald looks annoyed to be at preseason. It's just it, this team has no idea what's coming for them. And uh, I think I a bold prediction, but I think we will see your boy Stetson start at quarterback sometime for this L.A. Rams. Let's see, baby. Let's go. Listen. I mean, you nailed it right on that. Like the Epton picks is, is good for the, the short term, right? It worked for them. They got, they did it to win the Super Bowl. So it, it, it works. It's just not set up for continued success. And so you just kind of have to weigh the pros and cons. Like, do you want, how, how badly do you want one Super Bowl versus how bad do you maybe want two, three? You know, you just kind of have to weigh that, right? And I, I'm sure some, I'm sure some teams, you know, talking about, you know, the Jets or the Bills or the Bengals or, you know, Houston Texans, you know, some of these teams that have never won a Super Bowl before. It's been a long time since they won. I'm sure they would love to be able to just, yeah, just let's have the picks. Let's go get a Super Bowl just because they want that so bad. Right. But um, you just kind of set it up for continued success. That's the job of the GM is to set up the team for continued success. And obviously, you know, they took it, you know, the other way. Um, I mean, they, you know, and they came close a couple of times, right? They could add two Super Bowls if they wouldn't decide to show up against that one against the Patriots. They decided to just stay back home in LA and not show up to that one. So they could add two Super Bowls right now. And now we're, we're and now I think we're talking about them different, right? They would have got two Super Bowls out of it. And then now they just have to, you know, they're thinking, I, I would feel different. I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I would feel different if, you know, that last Super Bowl they won was their second one instead of their, their first one. I would feel different. But obviously, you know, can't change the past. It is what it is. And now it's biting them in the butt, right? So um, the health was the question. Honestly, I think they just gave up on last season. Like once Cooper Cup yes. kind of went down, he was their solid guy. Like as soon as that happened, all of a sudden some other injuries kept up. Obviously, Matthew Stafford goes down. And then at that point, whenever you don't have your starting quarterback, they didn't have a quality backup. Let's be honest. It's just... It just it just went down. You know, Jalen Ramsey barely, you know, he wasn't in it. Aaron Donald wasn't. It's just... They just kind of took the L for that season. Just kind of, just kind of went with it. Um, so um, we'll, 
we'll we'll see what what happens this year. I'm not writing off. Well, I, I'm not hiring the Rams at all. But I'm not I'm not going to write off um, the Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup connection. Is what is what I'm going to say. Is I still think that connection is going to be there. Uh, I think Cooper Cup is going to be dominant force for fantasy still. He's coming back from injury, but it was just a, like a low injury. It wasn't anything crazy. He's coming back. Matthew Stafford's, you know, will be there. And even if Matthew Stafford doesn't, even if it's Tetson Bitten, Tetson Bitten and Cooper Cup will be able to figure it out just because Cooper Cup is that good. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, if they're not, it's going to be between the Cardinals and the Rams picking for the worst team in the NFL this next season. Yes. I firmly believe that. Um, a team here, though, that's definitely not the worst in the NFL is going to be the Seattle Seahawks, who I am in love with what they have done this offseason. Um, right, so they ended up agreeing to a multi-year deal with Geno Smith. So they've got their quarterback there in the future. They brought back home Bobby Wagner. Um, another loss, like you mentioned, from the Rams coming back home. They got Julian Love, Jaron Reed, Devin Bush, putting together some people in free agency, and then then that draft class, dude. One of the best draft classes. One of the best draft classes. They got Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois and Jackson Smith, Nick Jube out of Ohio State. So two first-round picks, courtesy of the Eric Russell Wilson trade. I'm not they just nailed. I, I still think, looking at what Jalen Carter has done so far, I think they may, probably should have done Jalen Carter there instead of Devin Witherspoon. But, um, you know, they went, went with Witherspoon, but they got Jackson Smith, Nick Jube. I'm freaking in love with yes. him. He's, he's better than Wilson. He's better than Olave. He's yes. going to be said that you're going to pair him up with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and him as a third option. And the offense is going to be super hard to defend because you're not going to be able to, to double team all three of them, right? They've got, they can beat you any which way on offense, right? All that Geno has to do is just play how he did last season, right? Hopefully he'll be able to play better, but as long as he plays like he did last season, he doesn't regress, right? He's still not riding back and his Seahawks are going to be just fine. Um, I love they got Derek Hall as well. He was one of my kind of sleeper picks. Um, I liked him coming out of Auburn. And then Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, who, he was going to ball out as well. I'm super excited to watch him. You just got to yes. be careful with um, you got to be careful with Pete Carroll and, and the running backs there. <laughs> running back injuries. They always, always end up getting injured some way. So, um, But if everybody can stay healthy there, not only can they compete within the division, but they can compete in the, in the NFC. Uh, I... Uh, I, you know, still obviously I don't, you know, stack them up to teams like the 49ers or the Eagles, you know, or things like that. I still don't think they're quite there, but I think they're, they're so close. They're like right there to where um, something can, a fluke thing can happen and, and the ball could go their way and they, and they could beat them, right? So, yes. Um, super, super excited to watch the Seahawks this year to see how, how this team grows because it's, it's weird. It's weird to think about, it's weird to think about like where the, where they are now when they let Russell Wilson go, right? When you let your longtime veteran quarterback go, you you seem to think, you know, they're not going to be in this position. Um, but they're by far way better position now without Russ than they ever were with Russ, right? They've got it figured out. Pete Carroll is, is, is getting it figured out, right? He's got the people in there that he wants, and they just got to put it, you know, go from paper on, onto the field. And so I'm really excited for – for the Seahawks, I think they nailed the draft. I love what they did with the draft, and we'll just see how, how it plays out this season. But um, uh, I, th I think that I think the Seahawks are going to be a more problem for people than most people are are thinking about going into the season. So I'm not going to be surprised whenever they beat some teams that maybe people think that they that they should. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, right? When they let go of Russ, I thought the Seattle Seahawks were better than the Broncos because I didn't believe in Russ. 
but I didn't expect it to be this good, right? I thought Pete Carroll was going to get on the hot seat. I thought this year they were going to have to find their QB. I honestly didn't agree with starting Geno over Drew Locke. I thought Drew Locke had the more potential there. Boy, was I wrong, right? Pete Carroll, I believe, should have been coach of the year for what he did. And he, I mean, losing not just your franchise quarterback, your franchise best quarterback of all time. Like, there's not even a competition over there in Seattle. Russell Wilson was that guy, right? He took him to their first Super Bowl, took him to their first two Super Bowls, won their Super Bowl with them. Franchise leader in passing yards, franchise leader in rushing touchdowns for quarterback, franchise leader for passing touchdowns. He was their guy, right? Letting him go, even though you got that draft haul. In the past, you hadn't been very good at drafting, right? They've had misses. They've had LJ Coyer and uh, Jordan Brooks, who seems to be turning it on, you know, year three, year four, which is really weird. Normally, you'd see flashes and kind of look lost, and then he turns it on when his rookie contract is expiring. But And then you have your draft class that you had last year, right, which was phenomenal. To follow up that, you go with an even better draft class this year. Whoever's pulling the strings, the GM back there, you know, finessed the Broncos, manipulated the both drafts very successfully. I'm very excited, right? I, I, I can't even say enough things. And they have the best jerseys in the NFL, those alternate jerseys. So. Seattle, Seattle's got a special place in my heart. I went from a team that I despise seeing in the playoffs every year. Absolutely hated seeing that Legion of Boom, right? They beat Green Bay in that game where they kicked the onside and they recovered it to get to the playoffs. That was heartbreaking for me to a team that I now avidly root for. So uh, a masterclass turnaround from where I thought they were going to be by Pete Carroll and the GMs in Seattle. Yeah, no, they're they're killing it. So. And like I said before, I think when we look back on some games here that they'll, some teams, you know, looking at this as the schedule comes out, like, oh, I like the Seahawks. I don't like them here. I'm telling you, they're going to win some of those games. Yes. They're, yes. You know, they are going to win some of those games. Um, and and they're going to be up there. They're going to be a super fun team to watch. I'm super excited to watch them as well. So um, that's it. That's the four teams here of the NFC West. Which is so crazy because it used to be the NFC best. There was a point like two to three years ago where this was the best division in the NFL. Um, but really between the Rams, the Cardinals, not the Cardinals, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers, where it was a very, very tough division. And, and now the tables have, have turned. It's crazy how quick the turnover is in the NFL and how things can change. But um, um, those are the four um, individual breakdowns for the team. Let's go ahead and give you our final standings. So, Chase, what is the final standings of the NFC West once the regular season has finished? Yeah, so starting at number one, we're going to go to the Seattle – or not Seattle, sorry. Number one, we're going San Francisco 49ers, right? The best team in the NFC by far. They're they're just set up to win for a couple of years now. Number two, we're going Seattle Seahawks, a team that, that is made the playoffs last year off of a surprise, I think will be a lock for the playoffs this year. Number three, I'm going huge, huge gap, Arizona Cardinals, smaller gap, L.A. Rams. already said the Cardinals – they they don't look great. No one's expecting much. They have the benefit of playing a fourth team schedule. The Rams are going to have to play a little bit harder teams. They still think they can compete. They still have a coach that doesn't want to commit a rebuild, that wants to go win a Super Bowl. I, I don't f- see good things happening for them. I don't see good things happening for those bottom two. Kind of like the AFC West, it kind of mirrors it, right? You've got a team that's on top of the, their you know, the world, a team that could be if there's team up here, would just let them breathe a little bit. And then two teams, it doesn't matter how they finish. They're both going to be there hoping for next year. Yeah. Um, 
kind of similar like we did with the AFC West where we just flipped the last two teams, right? I've got 49ers in first, Seahawks in second, and I'm going Rams in third and Cardinals in fourth. And honestly, the difference is because, you know, I'm expecting the Kyler Murray injury to take him out of some games, and I'm expecting Matthew Stafford to be for the Rams. I just think the Rams on offense are just going to be better than what the Cardinals are. Um, I don't think they're going to do much, but I still think that they're still going to be better. And so I think that that's going to be where, where it kind of comes down to in this case is, um, I just I'm imagining the the crap shit we're gonna get for two weeks against those two teams playing each other <laughs> and what that's gonna look like. It's probably um, on Thursday night football. But uh probably. <laughs> um but um I, I do think just the Rams in general are gonna be better are gonna be better than the Cardinals just by a small margin. Um but I do like their coach better, I do like their quarterback better, pending Kyle Marie's you know, not the one playing. Um obviously they have the Aaron Donald on defense that that's going to be a disruptor no matter what. And the Cardinals don't have anybody on defense. And so I just think very slim margin, the Rams, you know, beat them out on the players of, uh, on the positions of most importance. And so I, I got to give the nod there, there to the Rams, but definitely going to be third and fourth place. Honestly, is is it's all going to be the same um, for them at the end of the game. I, I bet only, I would only pick the difference between one or two games between who, who wins like a four win versus a two win or a three win versus a two win, something to that effect. Um, um, to, to kind of how, how it plays out there for, for those two teams in the NFC West. Um, but that's going to be our, our division breakdown, our last division breakdown here um, for the 2023 offseason heading into the season here in just two weeks. Um, kickoff happens with the Lions opening up against the Kansas City Chiefs. So let us know in the comments your thoughts here on our breakdown of the NFC West. Um, if we were accurate with your team, if we missed some things on your team, uh, maybe you're higher on the Rams and the Cardinals than we are. How you could be. Sorry, Rams fans. Sorry, Cardinals fans. You just got to look at yourself in the mirror and just accept, accept it. Accept who you are right now, and just hope and pray that in the future it will get better because it does. Okay, it may not be within the next five years. It may have to wait twenty-five years. I promise it will get better eventually. Um, but uh, let us know in the comments, like I said, your thoughts, and make sure to check out the rest of our division breakdown series here on All Things Football. And we will catch you next time.